May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, his only Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I noticed a story online a little while ago. It's an intriguing story. It's a strange story. It's about the quietest room in the world. Now, those of us who have had our hearing tested more than once are familiar with the room the audiologist puts you in for that test. It's a really quiet room. The door gets closed and you put headphones on and you sit and listen for different beeps on one side or the other, or you listen and repeat the words that the audiologist says to you. But one room tops them all. It's in London, England at the South Bank University. And it's so quiet, they say, that if you can endure even 15 or 20 minutes, you can actually hear the blood rushing through your veins and arteries. This morning, the Word of God speaks about being silenced, and God's Word says more than that. It also speaks about being enslaved, but it speaks about being freed, and it speaks about our proclaiming. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts to ponder the Reformation Day scriptures from Romans 3 and Revelation 14 and John 8 so that we will discover the good news in the word about silenced and enslaved and freed and proclaiming. People God dearly loves. Silence can be a good thing, but who wants to be silenced? And serving can be a very good thing, but who wants to be enslaved? I need to be silenced. Now, you might admit this also, that you need to be silenced, perhaps from all the silly and useless and judgmental and hurtful things we say to each other in phone calls, in texts, or via emails, or by social media postings. Perhaps these are all true, but we need to be silenced in this way, by the law of God. We need to be gagged and muzzled when we say or even think I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing lots of good things. I'm doing more good things than he does or than she does. God must love me because, well, I'm lovable. The law silences us by condemning us. Do you want to be justified by the law? You won't be. You can't be. The law accuses. The law reveals. The law kills. For through the law... Paul writes, comes the knowledge of sin. Not the knowledge of mercy, not the knowledge of grace, not the knowledge of forgiveness, not the knowledge of salvation. Our boasting, Paul tells the Romans, and he tells us, it is excluded. There are no works we can boast of, nothing that will set us free from our slavery. Then we come to those brazen words from John 8. The words of the Jews who said to Jesus, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. They've forgotten. 
They've forgotten the 430 years in Egypt. They've forgotten the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Persians. They've forgotten that they were forced to leave Jerusalem in exile to Babylon and to Egypt. They've forgotten that their ancestors sang Psalm 137. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. When we remembered Zion, on the willows there, we hung up our lyres. For there our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mocked us, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? They've even forgotten the present, that Israel is now occupied by the Roman government, that they are captive to Tiberius Caesar and all his power. They deny the truth, and they cannot be set free. If you don't know that you are a slave, if you don't admit that you are a slave, if you don't know the desperateness of being a slave, then you can't be set free. The Jews in John 8 needed, just as we need, just as all need, to be set free. You don't need to bribe the guards to look the other way, as Manfred Siller and his family did, to escape a prison camp in Yugoslavia right after World War II. You don't need to coordinate safe houses and recruit escorts to lead Americans and American allies out of Kabul, Afghanistan. You don't need to beg or borrow ransom money or deploy the SWAT teams as may yet happen because of that sad kidnapping in Haiti. We need what a spiritually tortured young monk named Martin Luther needed 500 years ago. We need the Savior who sets us free from the damning verdict of guilt, from the unending imprisonment of hell, from physical death after spiritual death, which means eternal death. Today, the brief reading from Revelation 14 tells of a soaring angel who shouts with a loud voice, Fear God! Give Him glory! Worship Him who created all things, because the hour of judgment has come. The hour of judgment has come. It happened at Golgotha. Sin was judged by the perfect sacrifice of Jesus on that very good and very necessary Friday. The hour of judgment has come. It happened early in the morning on the first day of the week, on the day of the new creation. Death was judged by the bursting of Christ's restored body from the defeated grave. Now we know and we trust and we rejoice in the truth that Jesus speaks in John 8. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We are free, free indeed free from all that condemns us, free from guilt that enslaves us, free from doubt that burdens us, free even from death that awaits each one of us. We are free, as Zechariah sang at the birth of John, to worship God without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our lives. In his younger years, 
Luther was not silent. He cried out to God as a harsh judge. He asked, what do I have to do to quell your anger? What do I have to do to earn your grace and your forgiveness? God did speak. He spoke in his written and revealed word. He spoke particularly to Martin Luther in these rich words of Romans 3. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This was to show God's righteousness so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And God speaks to you and he speaks to me in the same way that he spoke to Martin. He speaks in his word. He speaks of the righteousness of Christ. He speaks of forgiveness from the cross of Christ. He speaks of freedom in Christ. He speaks through that written and revealed word. He speaks through the mouths of pastors, absolving the sins of those who confess. He speaks through the visible word of holy baptism and of holy communion. Because of this, Luther would not and could not keep silent. Like others before him and many others after him, Martin Luther was compelled to proclaim what God had done to rescue and redeem and reclaim. He could not stop proclaiming what John Wycliffe in England proclaimed 200 years earlier, what Jan Hus in Bohemia proclaimed 100 years earlier. Salvation is God's free gift through the perfect sacrifice of the sinless one for every sinner. Though popes and emperors told him to be quiet, Martin Luther could not stop proclaiming salvation sola gratia, sola fide, sola scriptura, and solus Christus. And we will not, we cannot be silent any longer. We too will proclaim as we gather here at Crown of Life Lutheran Church, as we scatter from Crown of Life today, that all are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, revealed in Scripture alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.